Welcome to the St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows podcast channel. The sermon you are about to hear is from our worship service on December 31st, 2023. For more information about the community and ministries of St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows, you can visit our website, smlutheran.org. There you will find the full online worship service from which this sermon is taken. And if you'd like to contribute financially to help sustain the ministries at St. Mark's, you'll find more information on how to do that there as well. And now, here's Pastor Mark Gravrock with the Gospel reading. I invite you to stand for the reading of the Gospel. The Gospel reading for this first Sunday of Christmas is written in Luke's Gospel, chapter 2. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul also. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, Then, as a widow to the age of 84, she never left the temple but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. The Gospel of our Lord. Grace and peace to you from God, our Creator, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. A sword will pierce your own soul also. That's what I found myself having to tell that young mother that morning so long ago. A sword will pierce your own soul also. You know, she seemed fearful when I said those words, and who wouldn't be? But she didn't seem entirely surprised. Somehow she seemed to know. Merry Christmas. I mean those words sincerely, and yet Mary isn't exactly the right adjective. Mary feels just a little too frivolous, given everything that I've seen. 
I do hope your Christmas has been joyful and glad. Certainly, I was filled with joy that morning as I gazed into the face of the promised infant. Certainly, I was filled with joy as I held him in my arms and looked toward heaven and sighed, Master, now you are releasing me. My own eyes have seen your salvation. That was sheer joy. But I also knew something of what was coming, of how the joy of this baby would overturn all the vested interests, of how he would lay bare the truth that was hiding in so many hearts, of how his very presence would be bound to evoke hostility and fear, rejection and violence. So I want to say Merry Christmas to you, but what I really wish for you is that these 12 days of Christmas may be filled with deep joy for you, deep joy mingled with a solid trust that our God will walk faithfully with you through the pain and the opposition, that God will hold you safe even as a sword pierces your own soul. Okay, I guess that's a little heavy for a Sunday service of lessons and carols. <laughs> Forgive an old man his musings and memories. My name is Simeon, and this beautiful, wrinkled old woman standing next to me here, she is Anna. Don't worry, we are old, old friends, and we poke at each other all the time. You can see it in her eyes. She is ready to dish it right back at me. Anna, in fact, is a prophet. That means that God gives her messages to speak to the people. Did you know that we had female preachers way back in our day? We did. We, both of us, were part of a faithful band of people in Jerusalem who held on to God's ways, who held on to God's visions and promises, tried to anyway, when most of Jerusalem seemed to have given up on God's project and were busy building their own little stupid kingdoms. In those awful days, it really didn't seem to make much difference whether Rome was oppressing us or whether our own supposed leaders were squashing us. But God has always had a band of faithful, devout people hanging on, aching and longing and hoping, trusting God's promises. I suppose you could call me a prophet too. Sometimes God's spirit would show me things. I would always wonder, God, is this really from you? And then I would share it with others in our band, and we would weigh it together and test it out. Together we would discern, is this message from God or not? There was one persistent message that kept tugging at me. It stuck and it wouldn't go away. And that's that I would get to see God's chosen one with my own eyes. That I would not die before the Savior came. And I knew that that meant that the Redeemer would come very soon because my clock was ticking. I was already a really old man at the time. Anna here, she's older. She was practically, she was faithfully waiting as well. She practically lived here in the temple those days, waiting and watching and trusting. Well, one morning, the urge just wouldn't go away. My heart said, get to the temple. Lord, is that your voice? Is this your prompting? It wouldn't go away. Get to the temple. Get to the temple. I got to the temple. Once I was there, I didn't know where to look. I didn't know whom to look for. With all of these crowds here, Lord, what am I looking for? What should I keep my eye out for? But finally I spot them, and as soon as I see them, my heart knows. A young couple waiting in line to offer their sacrifices. A young couple no different from any other young couple with a month-old baby. They have a bit of that deer-in-the-headlights look. 
as well as being quite exhausted. No doubt they've been here to the temple before. Everybody comes sooner or later. And the men, even Galileans from up north, the men will come at least once a year for Passover if they possibly can. But this couple, they don't look like regulars here. They don't have any of that jaded sense about them. They don't have that been here, done that air about them. They're not dirt poor, but they're certainly not well-to-do. They're bringing two pigeons for their sacrifice. After all, that's what's designated for those who can't afford the usual lamb. But they're faithfully following Torah for the purifying rituals for their child. So I watch them as their turn finally comes and the priest takes their offering. And as they finish and then step away from the altar, I approach them and introduce myself. May I? I ask. The young mother hesitates. I don't blame her. But then finally she nods, yes. I take the little bundle in my arms and I am flooded with joy. Okay, I'm a sucker for babies anyway. But this was something different. I gaze into his sweet face and then I lift him up to God. Master, your promise has come true and you are releasing me. You have allowed me to see your deliverance with my own eyes, deliverance for all peoples, light for the nations, glory for your people Israel. I am ecstatic. When I look back at the father and mother, they seem to be in shock. I have to wonder, how much do they know about this baby of theirs? All of a sudden, grief floods through me. I see what this joy is going to cost. I see this boy as a grown man, embodying God's love and justice for everyone around him. I see the crowds of the brokenhearted drawn to him like to a magnet. But I also see the bitter people seething in anger because this boy exposes the truth in their hearts. I see the anguished, wanting what this child offers, but fearful that they might lose what they think they have in the process. I see the powerful and those who think they know that they're right, bracing against him, recognizing the threat that he poses. I see the soldiers of King Herod killing children to try to get rid of this child. I see a world divided for this child and against this child. I see a young man brutalized, executed on a Roman cross, I see the millions claiming this boy's name, some of them truly seeking to follow his ways, some of them co-opting his name and wounding other people in the process, some of them caught in the middle and bewildered. I see a whole broken world longing for peace, but unable to embrace, the peace, embrace peace on this child's terms. Well, as I surface again, I see the young parents staring at me as if to say, where did you go? I smile at them, but it's a heavy smile as I hand their child back into the mother's arms. And then I know I have to tell them the truth. You need to know, I tell them. You need to know that this child will cause the falling and the rising of many of our people. In his own person, he will become a sign that some will resist and oppose. He will lay bare the truth that people hide in their hearts. And in fact, here I gaze into his mother's arm, a mother's eyes, 
In fact, a sword will pierce your own soul also. As I mentioned at the beginning, the young mother seems fearful when I say these words, but, and who wouldn't? But she doesn't seem entirely surprised. Somehow she seems to know. Anna is nudging me. She doesn't want me to leave her out of the story. Anna was there too. Of course she was. She's never been one to miss anything. She was a champion of first century FOMO. I should let her speak for herself, but I'm not going to. She's punching me in the shoulder. I'll tell you this much. She gets her chance to hold the baby too. And the parents have a hard time getting the boy back again. She's punching me again. And then Anna spends the rest of the day telling everybody that she knows, everyone who, like me, has been longing for this day, telling them the child of promise has arrived. I'm telling you all this story because you need to hear it too. I want you to hear the joyful news that this baby is God's deliverance. This baby is redemption, healing for your broken world, This baby is light for you and for all people. But I'm telling you this story because you are emerging from the sweet light of the holy days and re-entering the everyday world with all of its strife. For all that your Christmas cards and songs proclaim peace on earth, you know full well that God's peace is challenged and contradicted every day in your own homes and everywhere. You know full well that some days God's peace seems like nothing but wishful thinking. It's not. God's peace is not wishful thinking, however much we may oppose it. God's peace is real, but it does come with a cost. This child will cause the falling and rising of many. This child will cause your own falling and rising you will find your own souls resisting him. He will lay bare the truth that you hide inside you. He will make you see what you don't want to see about yourself, about your own idols and commitments. A sword will pierce your own soul also. Don't be afraid. That's the way of God's spirit. That's the way of God's healing. That's the way of the love that this baby embodies. And it's good. It's painful, but it's very good. You can trust this child. So, dear friends, hear the blessing of an old man. What I wish for you during these 12 days of Christmas is that you may be filled with deep joy, deep joy mingled with a solid trust that our God will walk faithfully with you through this real world, that God will hold you safe even as a sword pierces your own soul. With that kind of truth and depth, Merry Christmas to you all. Amen. You've been listening to the St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows podcast channel. Thanks for joining us.